0: I'm Jessica Harris. This is From Scratch. My guest is Berta Gonzalez Nieves, co-founder of the tequila brand Casa Dragones. Casa Dragones is a joint venture between Berta and Bob Pittman, the founder of MTV. Madonna, Martha Stewart, Oprah, and La Bernadette chef Eric Ripert are among Casa Dragones' celebrity fans. The first batch of Casa Dragones, about 12,000 bottles, was launched in 2009. Berta grew up in Mexico City. Welcome. Thank you, Jessica. I'm excited to be here. I want to talk first about tequila in general. Could you describe exactly what your tequila consists of? Of course. There's five official classifications of tequila
1: in our appellation of origin. Blanco, joven, reposado, añejo, and extrañejo, and I can say that in English. White, young, rested, aged, and extra aged. For our joven in particular, when we founded Casa Dragones, we set on a quest To produce a true sipping tequila. And we found that the Hoven style was the style that wasn't going to enable us to truly deliver a spirit that invited you to sip and to savor and that actually paired well with food.
0: Tequila comes from the agave plant. Mm -hmm. I think of, you know, agave syrup as like a, a sugar substitute. But can you describe the agave plant and how you make use of it? Most people think that agave is a
1: cactus. It's not a cactus. It actually belongs to the succulent family, and it's actually closely related to the lily. It's really a very noble plant. In Latin, it means admirable and noble. And the plant is a plant that, that takes 8 to 12 years in average to be ready to be harvested. And what you're looking for in the plant is you're looking to keep to harvest your plants when they have the most concentration of sugar reductors in the heart of the plants.
0: And then you ferment that and, and or you take the sap from that heart? That's correct. You said it takes you know 8 to 10 years for the g- plant to grow and that's why it's my understanding a lot of tequilas have other sugars in it because the harvesters don't want to wait 8 to 10 years and, and yet your tequila has only the agave sugar.
1: Yeah. I mean, we only produce 100% agave. We are going on the route of producing very small batches that have very strict attention to detail to be able to stand on the shelf with categories
0: that have been in the luxury segment for a very long time. Incidentally, um, the flowers of the agave plant are pollinated by a bat. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that?
1: There's, the plant is pretty incredible, it has a, a diversity of ways of reproduction. The plant actually clones itself from its root and grows hijuelos mm. that then grow around the plant and you wait on average one or two years to actually take the hijuelo and then plant it in a new field. That is the most traditional way of, uh, uh, in our category, mm-hmm. of actually reproducing the plant. If you let the plant grow its uh, stem, which is a fifteen to twenty feet long stem that grows a very beautiful white flower at the end. Uh, those that is the that is a plant that's pollinated by bats. Do you have an agave plant in your apartment? I don't have an ag- I've tried it, but the the plant really is looking for the right temperature. One of the most important factors is a nighttime climate mm. because it's a mac type plant that does its photosynthesis at nighttime,
0: so it's probably not a coincidence that this nocturnal plant is pollinated by a nocturnal animal. That's correct. I want to switch to your bottling. Can you describe for those who don't see it what the bottles look like and how they're made? When
1: we founded the company, we wanted to really sell Mexican craftsmanship. We uh, tried to get inspiration from all over Mexico and found an exhibit in the Museo de Arte Popular in Mexico City. And they had an exhibit specifically of the history of glass in Mexico. Uh, We found a very beautiful, a lot of work in apothecary bottles, um, and a lot of work in the uh, traditional hand engraving method of pepita.
0: Pepita meaning
1: small seeds. Yes. We took uh, that idea and worked with a local Mexican bottle producer to produce a antique decanter, but made modern. Mm-hmm. And all
0: of this is done by hand. In, in addition to the glass itself, which has this pepita engraving, um, it's also uh, each bottle is hand signed. Uh, can you describe that?
1: Because we're a small batch producer, uh, we number every bottle by hand, and obviously with a date of when we bottled it uh, and produced a specific batch. And uh and every bottle is hand signed by we're two maestro tequileros, is Benjamin Garcia and Berta Gonzalez. Uh Benjamin was the first person that I um that I convinced to be part of the team. And when we did our first batch we realized that we both had the same initials. His <laughs> name is Benjamin Garcia and mine Berta Gonzalez, so we didn't have to fight over who is signing the bottles. Mm. So depending on who's in in on, in our production facility either one of us is signing the bottles.
0: The brand is only uh, since 2009, but the name itself Casa Dragones has a deep history. Dragones refers to the Queen's ca- Cavalry, which lived in the town of San Miguel de Allende, which is kind of your, the, the cultural heart of the company. Can you explain the history of Dragones yeah. in Mexico? The Dragones
1: uh, were, that were living in San Miguel de Allende, and San Miguel de Allende is one of the most elegant colonial towns in the heart of Mexico. The Dragones were already four generations of Spaniards living in in the new Spain. And they were a little bit tired of all the changes in the Borbonic crown as well as all the taxes that they had to pay for the crown. So they masterminded the movement of Mexican independence from San Miguel de Allende. The first mm-hmm. conspirational meeting happened there in San Miguel. And because we're doing something, we're trying to be rebels in our own category, we got really inspired by the rebellious spirit and spirit of independence. And my, uh, my business partner, Bob Pittman, as a house in San Miguel de Allende, that actually was the stables of the dragoons.
0: And as a nod to that ind- independent ethos, uh, you have the number sixteen on your logo, which was the the date of independence, uh, September sixteenth, eighteen
1: ten. Yes. And as well, as a coincidence, that's the actual address of the house, is Recreo 16. And the color of our box is actually the color of their flag. And, and it has these tones of blue that that's where we got the inspiration.
0: I'm Jessica Harris. You're listening to From Scratch. My guest is Berta Gonzalez Nieves, co-founder of the tequila company Casa Dragones. Casa Dragones is known for its small-batched Hoven tequila, which uses 100% blue agave grown in the region of Tequila Jalisco Mexico. Mexico. Berta grew up in, in Mexico City. Uh, you were first introduced to tequila uh, by your grandmother, your, your maternal grandmother. Can you tell us about that?
1: So my grandmother and my grandfather had an open house every Monday. So we all had lunch there. Lunches in Mexico are very, like, no one misses lunches. So every Monday, everybody had their glass of tequila. So growing up, I was like, "When is going to be my turn? When is going to be my turn?" And I bogged and bogged and bogged and bogged until one day my grandma said, "Okay, that's it." It's such a family occasion, you know, to drink tequila as an aperitif before a family meal. Uh, that is so ingrained in our culture; it's really part of the fabric of our, of the Mexican culture. We like to drink tequila for a wide diversity of reasons.
0: Speaking of family, uh, your family uh, is one of entrepreneurs. Uh, Your father and his family ran a cosmetic company, which also was focused on flavors and fragrance, right?
1: Yes. That was very exciting growing up to have the exposure to uh, my grandfather and my father and my uncle that were entrepreneurs in the cosmetics industry. And uh, they had... Company that competed in direct sales with Avon and in retail with Maybelline and and Max Factor. And I worked every summer there and I had the chance to discuss with my father every type of like packaging and every type of aroma and if a shampoo worked or if a cream was better. And then he sold it when I was in my, before I turned 20. So I was very upset because I thought that I could do a career there, but I will forever be thankful that I was able to find my own passion.
0: So how did you stumble into the business of tequila? I
1: stumbled into the business of tequila. Um, I was selected by the Japanese government to represent Mexico in a program in Japan. And as part of my training, I got invited to visit some of the top Mexican industries to be able to speak about them eloquently, and one was a tequila category. Mm. So I spent a couple of days in tequila Jalisco. And after that, after the second day, I call my parents and I say, "I know what I want to do. I, I want to go into the tequila industry." And they were like, <laughs>
0: "They were like,
1: <laughs> okay, you know, early twenties, maybe flavor of the month. We'll see." And it was not the flavor of the month.
0: Well, thank you, Japan. Thank you, Japan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you eventually got to the United States. You you got an MBA uh, from Northwestern Business School, uh, and after business school, you worked for Grupo Cuervo, which makes Jose Cuervo tequilas, and you were with them for a decade, yes, or so. Um, where you? Basically, learned the ropes of, of tequila, and when you said, "Okay, I want to start a tequila company," uh, how did you find Bob Pittman, or how did he find you to um, you know to go into this together? How did you meet? Um, we met in a party in Williamsburg,
1: Brooklyn, uh, in Brooklyn, in, uh with uh, common friends that were celebrating their 10th year anniversary. Here I am in a you know in a terrace in Brooklyn, and I'm talking to the founder of MTV. He's like, "Well, what do you do?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm in the tequila industry. What do you do?" Oh, let me tell you, I have have all these ideas. I've always wanted to produce a tequila. Let's sit down and talk. And you know, in New York, you never know. Mm -hmm. So um, two weeks later, we were in his office talking about tequila. And his passion, determination... Entrepreneurial nature and understanding of the Mexican culture really took me by surprise.
0: So, he had at the time his house in San Miguel de Allende? He was already
1: spending all of his summers in San Miguel de Allende. Okay,
0: so he, he had was street already cred.
1: Enamored, enamored by the Mexican culture and really, really serious about tequila.
0: Sure. What are the chances? Yeah, yeah. what are
1: the chances? From there, uh, you know, the conversations got more formal and then. I, you know, we decided to really do this business together. So, I worked on a business plan and presented it to his to him and to his private equity firm and that's how we got started. And uh, literally they lent me an office space in in Bob's office and I came in with at the time with my BlackBerry and my notebook and they gave me a, a phone and
0: and we started from scratch. So, do you feel that that Bob's interest helped to escalate your seriousness about the pursuit? I mean, definitely, that gave me
1: another set of an engine that said like this could be happening. And we had the deal that if we were not going to be able to innovate and truly expand the repertoire, we were going to abandon the project.
0: You know, in addition to Pittman, later investors include Jeff Bezos of Amazon, Frederick Fakai, Tom Freston, uh, the former CEO of Viacom, and uh, Ryan Seacrest. For me, the most intriguing uh, part of this list is Jeff Bezos of Amazon. What was surprising to you about like, this roster of investors? Everything about it was surprising to me. It, the, having the opportunity
1: as an entrepreneur to have access to these incredible uh, executives and brilliant minds to help me craft.
0: So has Jeff helped you in any way, or has any of these people kind of given you All of pieces? them have helped so me. What are examples?
1: Uh, all of them have helped me. I mean, Tom Freston in one of the meetings that we had, uh, he decided to give a bottle to Oprah Winfrey for her birthday, and that opened a whole new door. I can tell you, I mean, obviously starting with Bob, Bob from like the way to balance up balance sheets to like how do you look at a business? How do you start a business? Where do you spend, where you don't spend? How do you uh, uh, build excitement with your team? Having um, the chance to actually pitch uh, or share our business with Jeff Bezos and having to open all of our information for him to become an investor
0: also makes us a much stronger and viable uh, venture. So you've certainly had a lot of support um, by just the, the celebrity community in, in terms of being fans and also your investor base. What has been harder for you than you thought? There were some times where
1: you like when you start and you start with 12,000 bottles and you're selling bottle per bottle to one each restaurant and one each uh, retailer. And I'm talking about Mexico and the U.S. Right. I mean, and you are with your own like tennis shoes on the street doing this. Uh, you really don't know where that's gonna go, mm-hmm. you know. And especially we started uh, we started producing the best product we could deliver uh, during two thousand and nine, in the middle of the recession, for two hundred
0: and seventy five dollars a bottle. Yeah. So
1: some people were looking at us like, "Do you really know what you're doing?" Learning to live in that realm, learning to live uh, in that area as an entrepreneur. I think at the beginning that's a tough. Calibration.
0: Who were one of your
1: earliest supporters? Which restaurants? Yeah, one of our earliest supporters was um, Le Bernardin, Eric Repair. You know, and we continue to be very, very proud of being one of the products that they uh, that they pour there. I had the chance to meet him in a, in a school event, in a benefit in the Hamptons, where we were serving Casa Dragones, and I was going table per table serving the product, and I was able to have a conversation with him. Hmm. And then uh, he actually then paired it with chocolate truffles. So the whole exploration of actually pairing with food started with him here and with Enrique Olvera in Mexico City. Another one that we are very proud of is La Cava del Tequila in Epcot in -hmm. Florida. We have... Thomas Keller with Per Se. Soho House was one of our early uh, adopters.
0: Just just going back to kind of like the early days of, of actually, you know, being out in the field and harvesting the agave, um, you brought in this maestro tequilero. His name is Benjamin Garcia, and you mentioned him before because he signs his name on the bottle just as you do, the same initials. Um, and yet he was retired, but you brought him out of retirement. Can you tell us about that? So when these was,
1: you know, when we were, yes, we're gonna do this. The first person that I called was Benjamín. We had worked in a lot of projects together. We were actually marathon buddies. We were in different projects together, developing new products and so on. So I called him and said, Benjamín, I have to come and see you. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, come over. So I came over and I said, I'm not leaving your house until you say yes. Mm -hmm. So in this project, we're gonna have the chance to do everything with Dramnov doing. Mm -hmm. And if you're really gonna retire, you need to retire with the best home run that you can do.
0: You're this expert in tequila, I am not. Uh, So how do you teach a gringo like myself to drink good tequila? Because it has this reputation of just drinking it like lighter fluid and that's it. How would you introduce one to the experience?
1: I think um, it's really um, taking the time to sip and savor a product. So every time if you're in a restaurant and you ask for a tequila, Take three, three minutes to ask your waiter or your bartender to say, where does this come from? How is it produced? And start really trying to see that category to where it's at today. Um, it starts with like, just giving yourself three seconds of trying to savor what you're trying rather than being on a hurry. In our particular case, when we do a tasting, we take probably half an hour before you taste the product, just telling you how we do it and trying to like this, trying to take you through the aroma and through the visual characteristics of the
0: product, I like wine, definitely. Connected to aroma, what kind of perfume do you wear? So much of your work is the nose. What do you what do you wear?
1: I like um, very Mediterranean. Aromas. So I am wearing today, I'm wearing Neroli Portofino of Tom Ford. And uh, I also like uh, the green uh, uh, perfume or cologne of Hermes. So I like very light, very simple aromas that are very fresh. I don't like very sweet uh, perfumes. Actually, and when you are in production or when you are not tasting, you can't wear any type of perfume or cream or anything. The kit that you use to train to be able to, uh, for Maestro Tequileros, mm-hmm. it's a kit that has all these different aromas, and you're training your nose to be able to discover them in a product. Yeah. So that then when you can sit in a table, and we all have the same vocabulary. So that exercise is very similar than in a perfume.
0: Are you ever out there in the fields kind of uh, harvesting the heart to the tequila? Yeah,
1: I mean, that's, that's the most favorite part of this business, mm-hmm. is the production process. Do I? Sp- Do I spend most of my time in the fields? I don't. But that definitely is an area that I cherish and enjoy every time I'm doing it.
0: Just the solitude of it, just like quiet. And you said you harvest in the morning or before the sun is beating. Can you just provide a visual? It's 5
1: a.m. in the morning. The sun is coming out. You have a very fresh, almost cold temperature. The noise... Of, of the fields and the work of the himadors that early in the morning and the smell, when you're cutting and when you're harvesting, is really uh, an inspiration for everything else that we do. Um, there, is th- there is no machine that is involved, it's all, it's all uh, physical labor. And the people that work the fields are generations of people that have been taking care of agaves for many, many, gen- 11 generations. It's the most romantic part of our process.
0: Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you for having me. My guest has been Berta Gonzalez-Nieves, co-founder of Casa Dragones. If you would like to learn more about the show, please visit our website at fromscratchradio.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at Jess G. Harris or find us on Facebook. I'm Jessica Harris. This is From Scratch.